Well, good afternoon, everyone. As I was uh, praying the past couple weeks, just kind of seeking the Lord on what he would have me share uh, with you guys this afternoon, uh, I knew I wanted to revisit uh, Hebrews. As uh, most of you know, uh, kind of gave a few messages on the book of Hebrews uh, a few months ago. Just so much uh, richness in that book. And so I knew we had not exhausted it. And so, uh, yeah, I just kind of felt led to return to Hebrews. And then it was kind of cool just to see how the Lord worked through that and affirmed that uh, in uh, revealing just kind of, um, yeah, I think just his word for us today. Because I've been going through uh, The War of Words by Paul Tripp. It's this book here. Um, really good book just on communication. And uh I'm going through it with one of the guys from our church, uh, just uh, keeping each other accountable uh, for discipleship and things like that. And uh, it's it's proven to be very edifying. And one of the chapters that we went over recently uh, focused on a passage in Hebrews. And so that's what we're going to look at today. It was Hebrews 3, 12 to 14. And uh, yeah, just a, a real cool uh, passage and then kind of coupling that with uh, the reading from the book. And I think the Lord is really revealing that uh, to us as the word for today. So excited for that. And it does make sense. You know, it really does make sense that he would want us to uh, to look at this passage as, you know, it talks about uh, just exhorting one another. It talks about, you know, confessing. Uh, it talks about sin and just not letting that have a hold in our lives. It talks about, uh, you know, just brothers and sisters, community, things like that. And we all need that right now. You know, as we were deprived of that for so long with COVID, not being able to meet, not being able to see each other, uh, you know, that is not how God intended for the church and for us to be. We are saved into community. We are saved into the family. And so to not be able to be together, to not be able to be in fellowship with each other, you know, I think caused a lot of struggle for many of us spiritually. And that's not surprising at all. And, uh, you know, because when we are alone, when we are isolated, you know, that becomes a breeding ground for sin. And so I think that's, um, you know, what God wants for us today. The other thing I was thinking about, you know, uh, as I look around this room, you know, there are a lot of new people to our church. And uh, for, for those of you that are newer, and hey, maybe even those that have been here for a long time, you know, you've kind of just kept things on the surface, you know, kind of just come and go, um, don't really engage too deeply with anyone, kind of more reserved. But, you know, I think that uh, today, you know, God would be exhorting you to um, take those steps of faith and go deeper and, and share and be more vulnerable uh, so that you can grow and so that, uh, you know, God can do a work in your life through this church. And so again, this afternoon, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, if you haven't already, uh, turn there with me and follow along as I read Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. It says this, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. 
Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this word. God, you are speaking to us today, reminding us, um, exhorting us to be in community, to be in fellowship, to um, just to, to confess and repent of the sin in our lives. God, we pray that you would just even now, yeah, as we hear your word, be stirring in our hearts, revealing sin to us, God. Helping us to see, uh, you know, the sin in our life for what it is. It's something just so detestable, God. Something that you uh, do not want in our lives. And may we look for opportunities to minister to each other um, in the midst of that, God. So bless this time, Lord. Uh, God, would you uh, just cause me to decrease so that you can increase. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so two points that I want to draw out from our passage today. Uh, just two exhortations. The first one is to check your heart. Check your heart. And then secondly, uh, to check in with each other. Check in with others. Check your heart and check in with others. So the first, uh, first uh, exhortation, check your heart. Look at verse 12 and then the second part of verse 13. It says, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So the context of this passage, uh, the writer of Hebrews is giving us his exhortation uh, in light of the nation of Israel. Okay, So he's giving the example of the nation of Israel, saying, hey, look at them, Like, remember what they did. They uh, you know, had... Uh, this tremendous opportunity to be led by God. You know, they saw and witnessed the miracles of God. They uh, experienced deliverance from the hand of Egypt uh, by God. And yet, even in the midst of that, you know, they, their hearts were hardened. They were stiff-necked. They did not listen and obey God. And because of that, you know, he had to discipline them. And so he had them wander in the uh, you know, wilderness for 40 additional years until that generation died out, and then the next generation was able to experience that promise. And so we too, you know, City Bible Church, we too need to take this warning seriously. We need to take this exhortation seriously. We need to check our hearts to see if there is any evil, any unbelief, um, a hardening of the heart within us. Psalm 139, 23 and 24 uh, a psalm by David says exactly this. Let me read that really quick. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See, at the very heart of sin is a disbelief. Or, or, or the belief that sin where the things of the world are better than what God has to offer. When we struggle with sin, when we fall into sin, we are essentially saying in that moment, God, you don't know what's best. God, you don't know um, this is what I want to do. You don't know what's right. So I'm going to do this. We saw this in the garden with Adam and Eve. We saw this with Lot as he turned back. We saw this in the book of Judges as everyone saw fit, uh, sought to do what they saw fit. So you have to realize that no matter what, 
you are going to go in one direction or the other. You are either going to move towards God or you're going to move away from God. There is no middle ground. Pastor Chris says, there is no spiritually neutral gear. It is one or the other. And so we need to regularly check our hearts to examine it for sin in our lives, to examine it for evil in our hearts, examine it for unbelief, to see where our heart is being hardened towards God's word. I do want to uh, speak briefly to just uh, salvation in the context of this passage. Uh, you know, we at City Bible Church, we believe in perseverance of the saints. If you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are saved. And there is nothing that you can do to ever cause you to lose your salvation. But at the same time, that's what the warning is here. Because if we leave sin unchecked in our hearts, then we become, uh, you know, uh, to, to not believe God's word. Our heart gets hardened. We fall away from the Lord. And it could eventually lead to our renouncing of our faith, which is the worst thing you could ever choose to do. Instead, as a believer, you know, ideally the Lord just disciplines you, right? As you um, fall into sin and struggle with things. And for those that have never confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to do that today. If you've never confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to do that today. Because the longer you wait, the more hardened your heart will be. The more set in your ways you'll be. The more difficult it will be to um, yield your life and submit to God and His will. You know, when, when you've been able to go on your uh, desires and your pleasures and your will for so long. You need to realize that your life right now uh, is filled with sin and in direct opposition to God. You need to repent and confess that sin. To ask Christ to be Lord of your life. So you can either come to God and experience his discipline as his child, or you can uh, turn away from God and experience his judgment as his enemy. For myself, I, uh, you know, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, uh, had this experience uh, of just kind of uh, receiving the discipline of the Lord the other week. Uh, so for those of you that uh, don't know, I work at REI part-time when I'm not here. And uh, we, you know, the REI is a co-op, and so there's membership involved. And, and so we try to, you know, encourage people to join the co-op and become members. Well, the other week, you know, uh, the family was going camping, and um, I personally was just not in a good, you know, space, headspace, like physically, uh, spiritually, emotionally, mentally kind of thing, and uh, wasn't spending a lot of time in the, uh, in the Word, um, had a lot of bitterness and anger in my heart because I wasn't able to go camping with the family and, and you know, uh, hang out with them, and instead had to work. Also had, you know, some anger and bitterness, you know, towards Cynthia uh, for some stuff that had gone on during the week. And so as they left and, and headed up to, to camping in the mountains and I headed off to work, you know, usually, um, I've shared this before, but I just, every, every shift, I just commit myself to the Lord and ask for his blessing upon that time. 
and that if by his grace, uh, you know, I could, um, you know, encourage people to join and they do, you know, and, and uh, like I shared a while ago, you know, seek the welfare of my city at work, um, then, then praise God. But I didn't do that. And I got to tell you, that was like one of the most difficult shifts I've ever had since I started working at REI. I mean, I literally got zero memberships for that shift. And uh, there was even an instance where uh, my manager came over. He's like, hey, Garen, uh, do you mind if I take your register? Uh, because we had a guy call and he said he got shortchanged. So we're kind of reviewing the footage, uh, but we need to count your drawer and everything like that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm usually like so careful, like double checking, recounting and all that stuff. And, and sure enough, uh, I shortchanged the, the customer. And so they had to, you know, have him come back, get that money to him, uh, recount the drawer, put it back and everything. And so, man, I just, yeah. In that, in that moment, I just knew I was, I was, you know, in sin. And that sin was, was going unchecked. So as I returned home that night, luckily, you know, the, the house was pretty uh, mellow because most of the family was, was camping. I just had some time to just sit before the Lord and just repent and confess uh, of those sins in my life, to ask for the Lord's forgiveness. And, um, you know, if you think back to last week, this is all ahead of, you know, me leading worship uh, here on Sunday at both services. And, and I was just like, Lord, I don't want anything in my life, the sin in my life, to, to hinder what you want to do through the time of worship. And so I need your grace. I need your mercy. Um, and, and yeah, by God's grace, by his mercy, uh, you know, I think he just kind of restored me, uh, renewed me in that moment. Uh, praise God. You know, a few of you came up and just encouraged me, just saying how blessed you were from the worship set and everything like that. And so, um, yeah, just grateful uh, that the Lord, um, you know, cares enough, loves me enough to discipline me when I'm caught in sin. <clears throat> and that's the thing, right? Sin is so tricky. That's why it says in, in verse 13, uh, the deceitfulness of sin. Sin deceives us. It blinds us. I mean, if you think about it, if you ask me, uh, I could give you a whole list of, of sins that I see in, you know, Cynthia and the kids, my family and everything like that, their shortcomings, uh, all that. And then you ask me about mine and it's like, well, you know, maybe this, maybe this. Um, but then if you ask Cynthia and the women here have probably heard, you know, from a text message or like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this. Um, she could give you a whole laundry list of sin in my life that I am so blind to and so unaware of, so deceived by that not realizing that it's sin and it's right there. And so whatever sin you are struggling with, you need to see it for what it is. You need to see it for what it is. You need to realize that it's deceiving you. You need to realize that while you think it's giving you pleasure and life, in fact, it's doing the complete opposite and it's taking you further and further away from God. So what sin are you struggling with? Is it pride? Is it lust? Is it greed? Is it, you know, anger, gossip, or slander? That's just naming a few. 
Are you to the point where you're so deceived by the enemy that you're starting to justify the sin in your life by saying, oh, you know, it's not that bad, right? At least I'm not doing this. Um, You know, oh, you know, it's not hurting anybody. No one's going to know or see. Oh, you know, maybe uh, just this this one last time, and then I'll change, then I'll repent. Does that sound familiar? You find yourself having that conversation with yourself, kind of trying to justify it. Again, we need to be real with ourselves. We need to check our hearts. Check Check your heart regularly. I don't want any of you to fall away from the living God. And I hope that you don't want me to fall away from the living God. And so that's why it brings us to our second and final point. We need to check in with others. Check in with others. Look at the first part of 13 and then all of um, 14. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today. Jumping down to 14. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Realize, brothers and sisters, that we need each other. I need you and you need me. Take a moment and right there where you are, literally, turn to your neighbor, turn to your brother and sister and tell them, I need you and you need me. So, I mentioned, you know, a lot of uh, our message for today was kind of birthed out of uh, my reading and studying of the War of Words by Paul Tripp. So, um, he speaks to this passage specifically, Hebrews 3, 12 to 14. Listen to this quote. He says, this passage gives us real guidance as to what it means practically to speak as an ambassador of the Lord. It acknowledges the harsh realities of life in God's kingdom. The battle is not over. The work is not done. We are all citizens who need help and are called to give it. So I like this quote because it reminds me of the sobering reality that we are still a work in progress. We have not arrived. We are still being sanctified, being renewed daily. Yes, again, like I said, as believers, we cannot lose our salvation, but we still struggle with sin. Pastor Chris says we are saints that sometimes sin. And so we have to remember that our flesh is still bent towards sin and evil. And so we have to battle against it daily. But we don't do that on our own. Just a few passages, uh, other passages in Scripture to support this. Uh, James 5, 19 to 20. James 5, 19 to 20. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. The women uh, just finished up their Galatians study, and so they'll probably be familiar with this. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And lastly, skipping, uh, going back to Hebrews, skipping a few pages over, Hebrews chapter 10, 
verses uh, 24 to 26. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. See, this is all of our responsibility. This is all of our calling. It does not just fall on us elders or the deacons or deaconesses. Even at a church our size, that's impossible for us as leadership to do for everybody. And this aligns, you know, with with our continued uh, desire and push to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Let me read another quote uh, from War of Words. Uh, This is a bit lengthy, so bear with me. It says, The ministry described in this passage, again speaking of Hebrews 3, 12-14, it cannot be left to the professional clergy. There is no way there will ever be enough trained and ordained men to meet the everyone, everyday nature of this calling. It is a call that encompasses every member of the body of Christ. God's plan is that the professional clergy concentrate on training and equipping every member of the body of Christ for this essential ministry. It is also clear that this ministry will not primarily take place in the regular, formal gatherings of the church. It is most needed and most successful in the mundane moments of life. I need your encouragement along the way as I am doing what God has called me to do in my personal, family, church, and community life. I need you to encourage me to hold on and to persevere. It has to go beyond Sundays. It has to bleed into the rest of our week, into the mundane, you know, Monday through Saturday when we have work and, you know, church and God may be the last thing we're thinking about. Notice it's daily. This has to be a regular thing. Imagine how healthy our church would be if we were exhorting each other daily, if we were constantly checking in with one another, uh, asking each other, how can I pray for you? You know, what are you struggling with? Hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? Can you keep me accountable? I mean, I can only imagine what that would look like if if we were just imploring one another, exhorting one another towards the upward call of Christ. I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, I've been in situations uh, on both ends, uh, you know, just reaching out to somebody. And it may not even be for, you know, specifically, hey, what are you doing? Uh, you know, how can I pray for you kind of thing? Uh, but, you know, some of, you know, people tell me like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you called. Like, I was really in a bad place, struggling. Uh, you know, thinking about um, giving in to this sin or temptation, and, and then I got your text, or, and then I got your phone call. And, and again, like I said, been on both ends, where I too have, you know, just felt that, that, that temptation to, to uh, fall into sin, and somebody else has reached out to me at just the right moment. You know, that is God providing a way out, of, a way of escape from that sin. And so we need to take that. I think the uh, women do this quite well, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, you probably have heard the statistics where, you know, they say, whoever they is, uh, they say that women use on average 20,000 words a day. Um, 
I would venture to say that my wife blows that average out of the water. Um, because literally, no joke, from the moment she wakes up to the moment she puts her phone on the charger and goes to sleep, she is constantly on her phone, you know, texting with people, calling people, answering emails, things like that. You know, women, uh, moms are reaching out to her, hey, I'm having a rough day, you know, my kid is having this crazy tantrum. Or, you know, other women are reaching out, you know, sharing things that they're struggling with, seeking godly counsel, and she's able to give that. And no joke, I mean, yeah, by the time it's like just 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, her phone is already at like 30% battery life left, and she like has to recharge her phone. And I kid you not, it is very common at the end of the night when she puts her phone on the cradle for her phone to literally be at like 1 or 2% because she has just used it all day just constantly in communication uh, with various women in the church, people in the church, um, checking in with them, uh, caring for them, loving on them. And I think that's awesome. And I know many of you other women do that too. The, 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 the men, on the other hand, um, they say that men, that me, I, we, uh, use on average 7,000 words a day compared to women's 20,000. And when I'm not working, because I have to talk a lot at REI, uh, or you know, here on Sundays, but when I'm not working, that's probably like even less than that, for sure. Um, but man, for you men specifically, speaking to, to the men here, what would the life of our church look like? What would our spiritual lives look like if we just kind of gradually move that average from, you know, 7,000 words a day to maybe like 7,037 words a day or 7,086 or something like that. And with those extra words, chose to be intentional to reach out to a brother and say, hey, how can I pray for you? Hey, uh, maybe even being vulnerable and making the first step. Hey, I'm struggling with this. I need accountability. Can you pray for me? Can we meet up? A church that's daily, or at least regularly, checking in on one another, sharing, asking, confessing, keeping each other accountable, praying for one another, repenting. That is a holy church. That is a church that God looks at and says, yes, you are set apart. You are pursuing holiness. You are pursuing purity. And because of that, I will use you mightily for my kingdom. That's the church that I want to be a part of. That's what the kind of church that I want a city Bible church to be. I realize as I have, uh, you know, kind of transitioned into vocational ministry, I get just how critical, you know, prayer and accountability is. Uh, you know, for us as, as leaders, I mean, we paint a target on our back for the enemy. And he would want nothing more than for us to fall into sin and temptation and things like that. And uh, so again, just so grateful for having the opportunity to meet up regularly, to go through something like War of Words with one of the guys from our church and uh, just be kept accountable in the way that I'm speaking to uh, you know, my, my family. And are those words you know, life-giving or are they you know, tearing down and things like that? And Pastor Chris, he has a prayer support 
group uh, from within this church that he meets up with weekly. And uh, they get together, it's, you know, quick phone call, but he's able to share his, his struggles, his burdens, uh, things like that. And they pray for him, um, which is awesome because, you know, yeah, the healthier he is, the healthier leadership is, the healthier our church as a whole is going to be. And so actually after our elder meeting this past Wednesday, he was like, you know what? Yeah, you, that, that needs to be your homework, Darren. You need to go and you need to find a prayer support, like accountability group, pastoral uh, accountability group. Because now that you've yeah, really stepped into this, this role, I mean, yeah, you have to be checking in with people regularly, having people check in on you, knowing that you have brothers that you can uh, trust and be vulnerable with and share those things. And so um, that was the homework that he gave me. So now you all know too, so you can keep me accountable. Uh, I have like, uh, I think he said like a few weeks or something like that to kind of figure that out. So, um, yeah. But, you know, if, if we could just uh, be intentional, be vulnerable as believers, as City Bible Church, to, to not buy into the lies of the enemy that wants to keep us from moving towards each other and checking in with each other, you know, the lies of the enemy saying, you're the only one that struggles with that. So you don't want to share that. You know how embarrassing that is? They're going to judge you and condemn you if you share that. No, we need to share those things. We need to do the exact opposite. We need to bring those things to the light and share those things with our brothers and sisters. We need to be humble towards one another. We need to extend grace to one another as we're all struggling with some sin in some way, shape, or form. May not be the exact same, maybe something different, maybe the same. Jonathan Edwards, uh, the most famous American theologian, during uh, which I do apologize, I goofed and this morning said uh, the Reformation, um, but it was the Great Awakening. Um, so Jonathan Edwards, uh, this guy was was crazy. Uh, you know, John quoted him the other week, uh, but he was so concerned with his holiness uh, and his sanctification in his life that he penned what are known as the 70 resolutions for his life. And he uh, revisited these things uh, on a regular basis, some of them daily, some of them weekly, monthly, you know, annually. And they dealt with every aspect of his life personally uh, to others, ministry wise, in regards to prayer, things like that. Listen to 68. He said, Resolved to confess frankly to myself all that which I find in myself, either infirmity or sin. And if it be what concerns religion, also to confess the whole case to God. And listen to this. And implore needed help. And implore needed help. See, Edwards knew that uh, he would need help in this journey of sanctification as solid and as smart and as much of a, a leader and preacher that he was a writer that he was he's no different than you and I he's uh, in process of sanctification he knew that he needed to check in with others he needed that he he knew that he needed to implore the help of others and we by God's grace are saved into community. We are saved into this family of God. And so we are not meant to be on this journey alone. We are not required to bear the burden of guilt and sin by ourselves. God has given us each other. 
Look again at verse 14. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. We share in Christ. We have all been saved to the same salvation, by the same gospel, by the same God. On our own, it will be impossible for us to hold firm to the end. But with the help of each other, as we check in with each other, as we journey through life together, we can do that. You know, I, I mentioned many of us, many, many of you guys are new to our church. And so again, you know, I would encourage and challenge you to move towards community and fellowship, to take that next step, to go below the surface of just, you know, talking about, you know, the normal daily stuff but to really uh, embrace this community and to share more deeply, to share some of those um, you know, sins and struggles that you have so that we can come alongside you and support you in that. Bless you. You know, what does this look like? Um, a lot of times we do fellowship after service. And so you're talking and um, you, know, you may be sharing something or somebody may share with you something that went on this week or something that's coming up that they're kind of burdened. You know, don't don't be like, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then what happens? I'm guilty. We totally forget. We don't pray for them. Well, let's just do it right then and there. Somebody's sharing with you after service. You just say, hey, let me pray for you right now. Right? As we close, uh, I'm giving, giving you an opportunity to do this right now. So leadership and uh, the prayer team is going to kind of be off to the side here, available for prayer. And if there is any sin that you're struggling with, any sin that is burdening you, um, I want you to um, take that step of faith and to come up to receive prayer. Or even beyond that, even better than that, you know, turn to your brother and sister next to you and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? Hey, uh, you know, I dropped the ball this week. Can you keep me accountable? Because it's everyone, right? It is not, there's no special power in having an elder pray for you, right? We're no better than you guys. Uh, you know, the prayer team has been given this opportunity to serve in this capacity, but we didn't anoint them with any special power, right? They can say the same prayer as you, as that brother or sister next to you. They can keep you accountable just as easily as we can, if not better. And so even amongst this room, you know, around those that you are around, or, or get up and walk across the room to another brother or sister and just say, hey, can you pray for me? Hey, I need to confess this sin. I'm struggling with this. Can you keep me accountable? All right? Let's all do this together. This is all of our calling. It doesn't just fall on us as leadership. If you're a non-believer, if you've never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you need to take this time to do business with the Lord and get right with Him. You need to uh, confess your sins, to repent, to acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to surrender your life to Him. And if you do that, then yeah, I would encourage you to go up and uh, let one of uh, leadership know Brothers and sisters, let's commit to exhorting one another. 
let's commit to coming alongside each other, to um, be there to help each other hold firm to the very end. Again, on our own, it's not going to happen, right? It's going to be so hard. This life is hard. But we have this community of believers. We have this family of God that can journey with us together. Each day, ask yourself, God, check my heart. What sin do you want to reveal to me? Where have I fallen short? Every day, ask yourself, God, who do you want me to reach out to? Who do you want me to check in with? Who do you want me to share this sin that you've revealed in my heart to? Who can keep me accountable? And follow through with that. And again, let's be gracious to one another. Know that uh, you are not alone. That um, in Christ there is no condemnation. And so we're going to love each other. We're going to receive each other. We're going to journey with each other together. All right? So if I could have the um, leadership and prayer team come up. They'll be kind of over here on the side. And um, we're going to have John come up and uh, play a bit. But again, you know, if there's something that the Lord's placed on your heart, revealed to you during this time, you want to receive prayer for that, you want to confess that, just encourage you to approach leadership or even just tap your brother or sister next to you and say, hey, can you pray for me on this? I need to share this with you. All right? So this time is for you now.